Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, December 19th. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder and president of RCP. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief. we got some interesting polls today. Tom? A lot of polls came out over the weekend, Carl. Let's uh, let's run through them because we're getting down to it now. The vote in Iowa is going to be in, what, less than four weeks now? It's January 15th. So, yes, we're inside four weeks for the Iowa caucuses. We did get some polls on Sunday from CBS News, one in Iowa, one in New Hampshire. We had a Fox News poll, general election poll come out also over the weekend. Harvard Harris, Morning Consult, New York Times Siena just came out this very morning. Uh, with the general election number. So a lot of stuff to sift through, Carl. Where do you want to start? Let's start with the uh, primaries. Where is Donald Trump right now? New Hampshire primary comes eight, uh, what, eight days after Iowa. They are not catching Donald Trump, Tom. Well, Carl, the CBS News poll in New Hampshire showed Donald Trump's lead only at 15 points, which is a lot closer than any of the other polls show. And, And their last poll, which was taken in September, had him leading by 37 points. So they're showing a pretty significant Closure by Nikki Haley, who's at 29, Christie at 10, DeSantis at 11, Christie at 10, Ramaswamy at 5. In in the RCP average, she's still up by about 23 points, which is substantial. But that made some news because it, it showed that potentially Haley is closing in on him um, in New Hampshire. But in Iowa, the CBS News poll had Trump up 36 points. He was at 58, uh, DeSantis at 22, Haley only at 13. So it's hard to predict how this is all going to go out, but if if Trump wins Iowa by, you know, twenty five points, well, it certainly it's going to be tough well, to stop. Him it in certainly New doesn't hurt him in New Hampshire. Let's just say that there's no there's no way that would happen. But let's let's talk about the one thing Haley tightening. It's considerably New Hampshire. Christie is at ten points in our average 12, 12, 12 points in one poll lately. What if Christie sees the handwriting on the wall and decides that Haley's the only chance to do what he claims he wants to do, which is stop Trump? Would a Christie dropping out between Iowa and New Hampshire Ooh. and endorsing Haley, would that change the... Uh... There was some smart guy who tweeted about this earlier this week. I don't... <laughs> who was that guy? Oh, my gosh. Oh, oh it was me. <laughs> well, Tom, when I give you your cue, you're not supposed to read the stage directions. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh. No, but that, listen, you know, I did pose that question because Trump, you know, Christie says he's only in this to defeat Donald Trump. And if Nikki Haley is within striking distance in New Hampshire, Chris Christie dropping out would help her, would give her a much better chance of defeating Donald Trump. But honestly, I don't think he would do it. I don't think he would drop out before New Hampshire votes. And he's got, let's be honest, he's got zero chance of winning the nomination. I mean, the only reason he's at 12% in New Hampshire is because of independents and, and Democrats who are going to come over and play in the Republican primary. And his support among Republicans is is you know, de minimis. I mean, it's nothing. Fine. But let's say, or let's say he doesn't do that. And Haley runs second in New Hampshire to Trump, but, but close enough to make it respectable. Then the next major contest is South Carolina. Now, I don't know if where Trump's winning by, I don't know if Christie has any following down there, but he could then, (laughs) he could take, try and take his New Hampshire support and move it over to Haley. The other reason to do that, Tom, you don't run for these, you don't run for president of the United States if you don't have a big ego. Stepping out before the votes are counted. I, I get why anybody be hesitant to that. Let's talk about a couple other polls, Tom. Let's talk about the general election. But before I before we do that, let's we have there's a new Harvard Harris poll that shows a majority of people, American voters, have doubts about Joe Biden's mental fitness. Now that is not that is not a good development for Democrats, um, and it includes 
Well, that's not a development well, at all. I mean, that's no, I know, you- but it includes. But look at these numbers: thirty-four <laughs> percent of Democrats, ninety percent of Republicans, and I think most worrisome, probably for the President Biden's reelection campaign, sixty-three percent of independents. And that you know, and that helps explain why, you know, his job approval rating uh, in the real clear politics averages forty percent approval. That is not look, you know. Reagan, Ronald Reagan had a time when he was at 40%, but not less than a year before the election. This It's getting a little late in the game for the incumbent president's numbers to be that low. Do you agree? Sure. We're approaching, you know, break glass in case of emergency <laughs> situation here. And, and here's what's really interesting. Unless you follow the news closely, these dots, you know, are harder to connect. But let me just say, earlier this week, we had a story. Actually, it was last week. Today's Tuesday, where in Politico, where Kamala Harris, her staff anonymously dropped uh, criticism of Joe Biden over the fact, over his support of Israel. She didn't believe, according to these anonymous sources, she didn't believe that uh, he was doing enough to be sympathetic to the plight of the Palestinians. So she basically, her folks went out and shivved him in public. Uh, Monday, you had a story in the Washington Post by Tyler Pager saying that Joe Biden is frustrated with his uh, low standing in the polls. And again, anonymous sources that were part of a meeting where you know he basically brings in his staff and sort of read them the riot act of like, you know, why are we doing so crappy in the polls, people? What's going on? He doesn't understand it. He's frustrated by it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, again, that made its way into the Washington Post this morning. You have a story in Axios, Alex Thompson, Biden is reluctant to accept his old age, aides say. Current and former aides are saying uh, that he says he feels younger, but they're warning him like that this is an issue. He needs to get his rest. He needs to focus on his diet and make sure that he's staying as, as healthy and energetic as possible. It's like when you start seeing stories like this, that's when I think, right, the dam is breaking a little bit. You don't want to have folks anonymously going to press, talking about your vulnerabilities, talking about your frustrations, talking about infighting and backbiting and all the stuff that's going on. That's the, the those are the early signs of campaign gangrene. You know, it's, it's like it's, it's starting to rot a little bit. And I feel like that's where the Biden campaign is. He's trying to struggle through, but you've got, you know, David Axelrod's been out there for a long time saying, you know, he should consider dropping out. You had James Carville say something. It's approaching a point where it's taking on its own narrative and that becomes, you know, a real problem because it, it just, as you said, the data already s- supports this. It has supported it for a long time. And that's not where they want uh, the focus to go. Well, the, the other thing is the American people have come to this conclusion, a majority of them, long before anybody in the White House did. And one of the president's problems is three years ago, he, after he was elected, he, he had that hairline fracture in his right foot. He's been watching, walking gingerly since then. That's certainly understandable and he doesn't want to fall. But when he appears in public, people notice that all the time I cover him in the Senate, whatever he thought of him, he was a vigor, a physically vigorous person. Now he kind of shuffles when he walks. It's not a good look for a president, but it would be a worse look if he fell down on a stage. So he's being careful with, with, that, with that. And I think people notice that. Look, to your point, there are two people, it seems, it's fr- from, look, I don't cover the White House anymore, but there are two people who are going to make this decision, and it's Joe Biden and Jill, and Jill Biden. 
I haven't seen any indication that they don't think he's up to the job. I don't see, I haven't seen any indication that they don't think he can defeat Donald Trump. He did it once before. Part of his frustration, um, if you're looking at it from Joe Biden's point of view, is look, this economy is rebounding. You know, things are doing pretty well. Kamala Harris aides can say anonymously anything they want to the newspapers, but I actually have expressed deep concern to, about the Palestinian, the, the suffering of people in Gaza. I've, and I've expressed it, I've expressed it to, the Israeli to, to the IDF and to and to Netanyahu. I've told and I've said this publicly. What's all this carping about? And presidents tend to blame their staffs. Politicians do this when things go wrong. You know, I'm great. The public doesn't know it. What, what are you doing? I've never blamed my staff not once. What? <laughs> You're actually pretty good at that. For the You're record, actually pretty good at that. <laughs> Neither have I. I'm, I'm always the first to admit when I screwed up. I have a lot of I have a lot of practice at it. So I so. <laughs> why we're not in politics. Maybe we, maybe that would be a refreshing thing. Maybe the American people would like it. Uh, there was another poll out, Tom, I just want to mention briefly. It's out this morning. It's a Gallup poll. Uh, it's about Social Security. And the, the takeaway item is that Americans would rather increase Social Security taxes than curb future Social Security benefits, which is an interesting and progressive way of looking at it. And I don't, I don't mean progressive in left-right politics. I mean, in terms of you know income taxes, uh, it's a progressive tax. You're only taxed if you make a certain amount of money. But so people, Americans are starting to look at Social Security. They're willing to answer pollsters questions and talk about it in a, you know, weigh, weigh the consequences of doing nothing. They, I think most Americans realize you can't do nothing. So everyday voters are starting to to weigh the options and talk about it in a more thoughtful way than certainly than this president has talked about it, who just, you know, defends the line like he's defending the New Deal or something. And I think that's an issue that's going to emerge in 2024. Whoever's president of the United States wants to be president, the nominees are going to have to talk about what you want to do with Social Security. Both Donald Trump and and Joe Biden have tried to out-demagogue each other on it. But this Gallup number is the first hint that that won't hold, that you're actually going to have to come up with some sort of thoughtful solution. Certainly among Republicans, Trump is the guy who has talked about defending social security in a way that other Republicans haven't. And, and there's a lot of talk about the deficit and the debt, uh, and needing to get that under control. But, and you know, most Republicans will say, look, everything has to be on the table, including social security in an election where prices, inflation, the economy is the number one issue by far to your point. I'm not sure that's a message Republicans can, can get away with, you know, older voters are, leaning Republican, they're voting Republican more, but there's a lot of anxiety out there about how am I going to make ends meet when, you know, the cost of food is so much, the cost of prescription drugs, whatever. And so uh, I think Republicans are going to have to talk about that in a, in a different way to assuage those concerns. They can't just say, look, social security is on the table because that immediately opens them up to attacks that, you know, Republicans, Democrats will say they want to they want to trim benefits. They want to extend the age. They want to do all these different things and basically, you know, privatize whatever. You know, the data shows that perhaps raising taxes again. That's not something that Republicans want to do. But I think Donald Trump has signaled that he's willing to do. You know, he's willing to protect Social Security benefits, and that's reassuring to a lot of his voters and a lot of older voters. It's it's absolutely going to be part of the campaign. There's no question about it. Is that it? We have any more polls, Carl? There's a very disturbing poll that showed that voters in the United States aged 18 to 24, a uh, majority of them think that the solution to the war between Israel and Hamas is to give 
Israel to Hamas. Yes. That is all you need to know about what's going on in our educational system, Tom. That's a Harvard-Harris poll that came out over the weekend. And yeah, disturbing, disturbing numbers, particularly among 18 to 24-year-olds regarding what's going on in the Middle East. And Hamas has been designated by the United States government and Great Britain and Australia and Japan and the European Union as a terrorist organization. Which they are, clearly. So a majority of, of young Americans want to give Israel to a terrorist organization that believes in killing Jews. It beggars it beggars belief. Murdering babies and old women. Well, that just goes, as you said, shows the sort of depth of, I mean, look, 10-7 was a clarifying event in a lot of ways for a lot of people, including, I think, formerly progressive, you know, sort of liberals who who thought that what was going on on college campuses was all fine and this is all, you know, perfectly acceptable. And and some, I think, are rethinking that now. And this and these kind of poll results actually, you know, make you rethink it even more. I mean, it's astonishing. Well, there's a story on the Free Press. Uh, that's another site, not, not ours, um, that shows that this indoctrination starts in like kindergarten. So the anti-Israel and, and pro-Hamas. <laughs> Um, dogma is being taught to little kids in this country. So I, I, we should have a whole podcast on, on education, but for now, let's leave it there, Tom. All right. That sounds good. I'm Tom Bevan, co-founder president of Real Clear Politics. And I'm Carl Cannon, Washington Bureau Chief, and this has been the Real Clear Politics Takeaway for Tuesday, December 19th, 2023.